hello and welcome to the Injury Prevention Podcast from BMJ Journals. My name is Brian Johnston. I'm the Editor-in-Chief. As you may know, our podcasts focus on a paper that's recently published in the print edition of our journal, Injury Prevention. This paper is the editor's choice for that issue and it can be downloaded freely online. You can visit injuryprevention.bmj.com to get a copy for yourself. You can also leave comments online and link to our searchable archive and to our blog. China is an enormous actor on the global stage with 1.4 billion inhabitants contributing to what will soon be the world's largest economy. Unfortunately, the country, like other rapidly developing and motorizing economies, has a serious problem with injury. Yet, we haven't really seen much injury control science, at least in the Western biomedical literature. Although submissions to our own journal from China have been increasing over the last decade, the number and the quality of the papers we receive seems far too small for the size of the public health challenge that's facing our colleagues there. Why is that? Today, we're looking at the paper, Analysis of the Quantity and Quality of Published Randomized Controlled Trials Related to Injury Prevention from 2001 to 2010 in China. This paper appears in our June 2014 issue. And to talk about the paper, I'm joined by one of the authors, Dr. Kuo Hu, from the Department of Epidemiology and Health Statistics at the School of Public Health, Central South University in Changsha, China. Welcome, Dr. Hu. Thank you. Hello, Brown. So why don't we start with a very basic question. What prompted you and your colleagues to undertake this study? What did we already know about the state of injury research in China? And what were you hoping to learn? Why I choose to uh, conduct this study is because that. So I came to the injury research uh, field uh, only after 2007 when I uh, went to Johns Hopkins to work with Professor Susan Baker. Uh, from uh, that time, I began to you know, get uh, systemically training in prevention. But before that, I know in China, in the early 1990s, some domestic researcher uh, has, you know, promoted injury prevention or injury control in China. Uh, in my memory, in the, uh, from 1990 to 2010, uh, injury prevention has received very little attention from the government and the so I want to ask myself, so what I could do for injury prevention in China by using what I learned at Johns Hopkins University. So that's why I want to, I, I want to understand why the injury prevention, you know, received little attention in the last two decades in China. I want to know the reason. So I want to know the basic uh, information for injury research for the domestic research. That's why I uh, conduct this study. There are many and many domestic uh, publications, I mean, uh, published in Chinese language, but uh, our leading researcher, Dr. Wang Shengyong, uh, he published a paper in 2004 and concluded most of publications at the time 
so was low quality and descriptive and you know uh, uh, many of them repeated repeated the same topics and repeat the same almost the same findings what happens up to some four especially in the last two decades so we only have very you know unclear feelings okay injury research uh, i think is you know developed uh, unexpected uh, in China, so, but we don't know the real, you know, portrait of the injury search in China. For the, uh, uh, this study, uh, my students, He Chung and I, want to provide, you know, the complete description of injury search related to China in the last decade. The number of publications in the last decade increased uh, very, very quickly. So we want to know what's the most interesting characteristics. What does you know the uh, publications contribute to uh, policy making and uh, you know provide knowledge to the public and also other contributions. So that's our expectation before the study. In order to do your study, then, you searched Chinese and major Western databases, and initially you identified over 27,000 titles, and of these, 4,834 were focused on injury prevention, but you found that 4,736 were not experimental in design. So looking at the remaining 98 papers, only 25 were actually randomized controlled trials. And those are the papers you went on to review for quality. So that's a relatively small yeah. number, 25 papers over a decade. Was that a surprise to you? Uh, yes. So, but it's also understandable for me and for many domestic injury researchers. Uh, a major reason for, you know, the small number of RCTs uh, related to injury uh, prevention is that so injury research really received funding or grant support from the government in the you know pro, uh, the long term plan for you know medical research or public health research injury prevention has been always excluded from the list i mean the priority for research agenda so this is one reason Another reason is that for research in university or at a, uh, national or provincial or local CDCs, so they form the teams of injury research in China. Uh, they receive, you know, very few training for injury prevention, as I know. So, so far. For almost all the school public health in China, uh, injury prevention has not you know, listed as the a course for the undergraduate students or graduate students in China. I think these two reasons may be, you know, explain why few RCT, uh, you know, has been published in the uh, last decade. So, of those 25 randomized trials, 
I noticed that 23 of them were published in domestic Chinese journals. As an editor of a public health journal myself, I have to ask, is there a favored Chinese journal for authors publishing injury prevention studies? Do we have competition? Yes. So uh, in the paper, we did include the name of these five journals. So uh, their name is Chinese Journal of School Health. The second journal is Chinese Journal of Disease Control and Prevention. The third is Chinese Journal of Epidemiology. The fourth is Modern Preventive Medicine. And the last one is Chinese Journal of Public Health. These five journals published almost, I think, should be 30% for the RCT studies. So probably the editors they want to attract more submissions. These five journals focus on public health studies. Injury prevention research uh, may not be, you know, comparable, I, I mean, the computation ability uh, to other studies, you know, traditional infectious disease study or other mm-hmm. uh, chronic disease studies. So they may give priority to injury research, probably, <laughs> only my own yeah. understanding. Is it preferable for Chinese authors to publish in domestic Chinese journals? Is there a reason that they would prefer to publish their work in a Chinese journal uh, for academic promotion, or uh, is there uh, a sense that their research is more likely to be used in programs or policy if they publish in a national journal? Yes, this is very interesting questions. So, uh, I don't think, you know, so uh, the Chinese authors prefer to publish their studies in domestic journals. The main reason, I think, is probably the quality. So uh, generally, the international journal require high-quality study, and the competition for, some, uh, for publication is more severe than domestic journals. So this is should be the, uh, the first uh, important reason. The second is it's easy for domestic uh, research uh, to publish uh, uh, their studies in a short time, short time period. For the international journal, the ordinary term from a submission and final publication maybe need uh, almost one year. But for some domestic journals, the time period probably may be six or eight months. So this is the reason. I don't think it's academically. I also don't think it's for making or other reasons. But from the perspective of research, I mean authors, so a few authors, you know, first think of the use of their funding, so you trans, uh, translate their research to actions. Uh, I mean, just the most research, uh, most authors. So they only care whether their studies will be published in the international journal or domestic journal. Only few authors they will care. Okay, whether my funding, my study will you know uh, cause you know, policy change or other use. But uh, as I know, so if some authors want to 
focus uh, emphasize the use of policy making uh, you know support they may write paper you know submit uh, the publication to newspapers or you know national mm -hmm. uh, tv uh, station or other you know uh, media so they have a bigger you know, influence than research journal in china so uh, of all the randomized trials that you identified uh, everyone i think involved primarily an educational and intervention and uh, all but one of them reported positive results not just in prevention knowledge, but also in injury incidents as well. Uh, I found that quite surprising. How did you interpret the results? I'm also, you know, surprising. If you see more and more surprising results, so, okay, education uh, could change something. So that will lead maybe a false conclusion. Okay, education is effective to prevent injury. In fact, uh, for the global injury research uh, field, such a conclusion is not acceptable for, for most researchers. So I think the reason is quality. For the published RCT in domestic journal, so we cannot uh, neglect the potential influence of you know research in addition to education. So. If a research one conducts the intervention, I mean education at school or community, he has to collaborate with you know local partners. For example, uh, teachers, or community workers, or leaders. So, in most time, they have to pay money or other you know support to the teachers and the community partners. They will not describe the potential influence from the efforts of teachers or community leaders or workers. These influence may change our conclusion. So probably the education is ineffective. But if we add the influence of teachers or community workers, so the conclusion may be changed. Another reason for the unlikely preponderance of positive results is publication bias. That is, the tendency for authors or for journals to only publish studies that have positive results. Do you think this played a part? Is there research being done that will never be published because the results were not uh, positive? Yes, you're right. I think it's the historical perspective, not only for injury research, but also for other medical researchers. So the editors or also prefer to publish the positive results. But I don't know the proportion. So whether, you know, some studies having negative results has not been published or submitted to the journal, I'm not sure the numbers. But right. as I know, so for some, you know, public health practitioners like CDC employees, so sometimes they will conduct, you know, not very seriously designed intervention study. So they just uh, you write a report, not, you know, official publications. Uh, so for these studies, we cannot search 
the, their findings, their studies in research journals or other research reports. So they may be excluded from the our study. But uh, we really don't know the actual influence of unpublished studies. Right. It's always impossible, really, to know what you don't know. Um, in, in the West, uh, we've tried to at least begin to address that problem by requiring that clinical trials be registered uh, before they start. Is there any expectation in China that uh, trials are going to be registered to avoid this problem of suppressing negative results or changing endpoints uh, as data are obtained? Yes. For the description for uh, randomized the trials, so for many new, new, uh, new drugs for the, to evaluate its effectiveness, the FDA of China required you have to register uh, your studies and uh, report the process. But for uh, many other public health interventions, especially for the submission to domestic journals, uh, as I know, so almost all domestic journals, do not require you have to register your intervention study or you have to report you know, the process, the details of the process and other things. If you submit paper, okay, if the review, you know, pass, approve the, the submission, they will accept for publication. But mm -hmm. uh, I think this may be a reason uh, for, you know, how to improve the quality of domestic uh, RCT. But for many international journals, just, just as in the prevention journal and other journals, so they require very formal registration uh, and other documents for the process of intervention study. Probably in the future, uh, especially for injury, focused journals, they should require the authors register your study before you contact, otherwise they will not, you know, accept the submission for publication, probably. Mm -hmm. So uh, you also looked at the quality of the trials that, that were reported using uh, Cochrane criteria. Can you tell us what you found there? Yes, this is a very, very important issue for, you know, randomized the trials. Our findings shows almost uh, all the all of 25 you know RCTs did not report uh, some key points for example blinding and uh, random patients and uh, other key points key issues of RCT so you know without information we cannot judge okay whether they are really implemented in practice Probably, so the authors conduct uh, the RCT at a high quality standard. But uh, mm -hmm. I guess only my own uh, opinion. So maybe many of RCT study, I mean, not only domestic study, also some uh, RCT study in other developed countries or some developed countries. So the, the authors may not, you know, contact the RCT based on a high standard criterion, you know, for example, 
some top journals suggest a criterion how to report, how to conduct RCT from the selection of study subjects, randomization, allocation, blending, and data analysis. Okay, so. So far, for our uh, study, so we cannot say they are not their best study or their good study, but they didn't report it because we cannot find the information of these issues. Exactly. So as you as you've noted, the poor quality that you observed could be from poor study design, but just as likely from poor reporting. And our journal, like many yes. others. Uh, requires authors to report a randomized trial uh, using the consort checklist that uh, yes. encourages authors to accurately and completely report what they've done. And I know those guidelines are available in Chinese. Do you have any sense as to whether the checklist is well-known or used? Yes. So once when the consort checklist or other checklist for, you know, observation study or other, you know, genetic study just uh, re released by the researchers. So domestic research will translate it into Chinese and published in Chinese language at Chinese journal. But the problem is that we have to ask the editors to require the authors, you know, try to implement, try to use the checklist. If you don't provide the details, the information of whether you use the checklist, whether or your publication, you know, meets the requirements of the checklist, the editor will not accept the submission. That will become better. But so far, mm -hmm. as I know, many journals do not do this. Yes. It's also, I, I found it disappointing that um, most of the injury research you were able to identify from China over the last decade was descriptive in nature. And of all the experimental studies that you did find, most of them were evaluating only simple educational interventions. Um, as you're well aware, our experience in the West is that interventions which involve product modification, engineering, design, public policy, or even enforcement of safety-related laws are much more effective than educational programs. So what do you think are the barriers to planning and conducting that type of intervention study in China? Oh, yes. This is a very, very important issue. So it's the key barrier uh, to, you know, stop the development of injury control in China, not only injury research. So why... Um, most of the studies are descript descriptive studies, not experimental study. I think two reasons, maybe two major reasons. The first is many domestic injury research lack very strict uh, training for injury prevention. Many of them, you know, have very strong knowledge or skills for epidemiology or public health, but they know little about injury prevention. For example, the basic theory hidden matrix. So they have a wrong impression. Education could solve many, many problems. So they often use uh, as to you know, try to 
uh, improve other health problems. This is the first reason. Other reason is for some research, they want to conduct uh, intervention not uh, limiting to education. For example, you mentioned engineering product or environmental modification or other uh, policy or regulations. So these interventions are very costly. So they cannot uh, have you know, governmental support, ground support to support the, them to do that. Our another study so uh, showing uh, for the approved interventions in developed countries and some developed countries for child unintentional child injury. For example, uh, only for six major reasons. For example, drowning, road traffic injury, food poisoning, fire one, and suffocations. Okay, so we search the proved interventions suggested by the WHO. Uh, you know, World Child uh, Injury Prevention Report, other suggested interventions by the European Child Safety Alliance. So we found 27 effective interventions. These interventions are evidence, strong evidence supported. But when we search these effective interventions in Chinese, uh, laws and regulations. So our results showing totally found 62 legislative documents, including seven national laws, nine regulations of state council, and 46 department regulations was retrieved. But uh, one thought, 10 <laughs> effective interventions was not covered by any current law or regulation. And roughly one quarter of these intervention was included in laws. You know, laws have the most powerful legal force in China. So non-interventions against drugs and food was covered by national laws. So these findings reveal that these effective interventions, you know, including engineering and uh, legal, uh, legislation and uh, product and other interventions, not only education, they are not included in Chinese laws and regulations. Probably in the future, I think uh, we need to introduce some effective interventions to the public, especially for the decision makers. We could write some you know, not uh, research papers in newspapers or may, uh, probably we could do an uh, interview in TV or radio to tell the public or you know, media workers or uh, policy makers, okay, some interventions could easily prevent unwanted injury. So there are many, many bad stories uh, to show him. So the injury have caused a uh, very bad uh, outcome in China. So I, as I understand uh, what you're saying then, it, 
these sort of studies, it's studies of engineering or uh, law enforcement or policymaking can be quite expensive to undertake and to undertake well. But uh, at the same time, there is a body of evidence from other parts of the world which uh, identifies some very uh, substantial evidence-based interventions uh, along those lines that could be incorporated in, into the Chinese context without starting from the beginning. Um, so I'd, I guess I would encourage that. It sounds like uh, making policymakers in China aware of the, the strong evidence base, uh, you might be able to actually uh, bypass the need to do some of those studies in, in China and uh, really start for, with the interventions themselves. What are the next steps for your research group? What are you and your colleagues working on now? Uh, from my own perspective, the biggest obstacle for control in, in China is how to, you know, attract or promote the incentive of the government. So we have to, you know, change the wrong perceptions of decision makers for injury prevention. Another paper, another issue last year in the provincial journal showing so many public health practitioners have very, you know, badly understanding of injury prevention. They also they believe most uh, unintentional injury are unpreventable. This is very common for the decision makers. So in the future, I will, you know, write some now the research article try to persuade the decision maker and the public, also the writers or other persons have strong influence on the public. So this is one thing very, very important, not uh, only research. Another two things is, you know, uh, I have to uh, focus on the quality of injury data. It's based on the the injury surveillance system. So uh, last year, when I look at the data of GBD, the Global Burden of Disease 2010, related to China, we found some problem with China or other developed countries because the GBD research group, they don't have you know, high quality data to support uh, their estimates. So uh, I noticed that uh, in the process of data collection uh, of vital and non-vital data, we have problem for the data recording and you know and reporting and some things. Uh, I have completed uh, another study to look at the death certificates related to injury and other disease. We analyzed seventy thousand. The death certificates and find some very interesting findings. So I, I will work with you know the national CDC uh, office and other researchers try to improve the data quality. This is, uh, uh, this is uh, one direction. Another direction is uh, this also uh, Professor Susan Baker suggests me. So how to work with domestic uh, research to form a strong group, a team to work together to call for you know, support or actions from the public and the, uh, all kinds of potential partners. For example, the 
NGO like WHO and the UNICEF and the national and provincial agencies and also, for example, insurance companies. For some intervention, for, for some injuries, we could think of the third party, not only the public, the government, probably third party, not only the NGO, but the company, for example, insurance company, they could, you know, play important roles to promote the use of effective intervention. For example, uh, as I know, so in Taiwan, uh, some research told, uh, told me, so, uh, the high uh, high proportion of helmet use in Taiwan is that uh, the insurance companies uh, have a, a specific policy. If the injured person, for example, you know, motorcyclist or passenger or bicyclist, if you find that you don't you wear helmet and you get injured, you know, unintentional injured, okay. They will decrease, you know, the repayment. I mean, the mm -hmm. amount of money. So it seems just the story. Some research told me so it increases the use of helmet use. Probably we could think of, uh, you know, for research we need to find more innovative ways to call for strong collaboration to promote injury prevention in China. Well, it sounds like you have an enormous task ahead. Please let us know how we can help, and we'll look forward to seeing your work in the journal. That was Dr. Kuo Jinghu discussing his paper in, in the June 2014 issue of Injury Prevention, Analysis of the Quantity and Quality of Published Randomized Controlled Trials Related to Injury Prevention from 2001 to 2010 in China. The paper is this month's editor's choice, and as always, it's available without access restriction at the journal's website. That concludes this edition of our podcast. Join us in August for highlights of the next issue. In the meantime, have a look at our blog for news, opinion, comment, and discussion.